0: You're listening to the Bright City Podcast. To hear more about our gatherings, groups, and what's going on in the life of our church, visit brightcity.church or follow us, Bright City Church, on Instagram. Today's message is from a friend of Bright City, and we know you're going to love it.
1: Hello, church. It's, it's, uh, it's exciting to be back up here. It's an honor to be uh, teaching here at Bright City. If you don't know me, my name is Andrew. I am an owner here at Bright City, uh, which doesn't mean that I... Um, you know, started the church, but it means that I am an owner of the mission. So we don't have members here. We have owners who take up the, um, the mission of Jesus Christ. Um, but it's just an honor to be back with you guys to teach. Uh, it's funny, when the Robinsons were here last week, they had said, You know, we realized it was this Sunday last summer exactly that we preached. And I said, Huh, and to myself, I said, I preached right after them. So I guess today is exactly once a year. Um, later to the Sunday that I preached um, in the summer series as well. Um, before I get started, um, if you would just uh, give me the, the ability to just be a little bit vulnerable. Uh, I just uh, feel like this is important. I have been going through uh, months and months of, of a lot of pressure uh, my wife and I—we've uh, started a new business here in the low country, and it's really have taken a lot of us, or have asked a lot of us. And so, as a teacher full time, summer is supposed to be the time where you get to sit back, you relax, you get re-energized. And this summer has not been that for me. Um, it has been basically with the kids constantly, taking care of the house, making runs to the business, supporting emotionally um, my wife. And it has taken a lot out of me as well. So I, I come to you this, this Sunday, not to mention earlier this week my son was sick, so I was not sleeping at all. As soon as he got better, our neighbors decided to get roosters. So um, yeah, it has not been a restful week for me. And so I tell you that because I come to you today in a place of just needing grace. And I think we all could use some grace every once in a while. And actually, it's a funny story. So yesterday, uh, I saw my mother-in-law around 1 o'clock in the afternoon yesterday. And she said, well, I'm so excited to come and finally hear you speak for the first time. And she said, are you prepared? Are you ready? And I said, yeah, but today's Friday. So Sunday, you mean, not tomorrow. She said, no, today's Saturday. I said, no. I take out my phone. I said, today's Saturday. And her response, of course, was, well, now I'm really looking forward to come to see you <laughs> preach, to see what, what happens, to see what the Lord can do. Um, because I come to you guys as a, uh, from a place of feeling weary, but by the grace of God, not defeated. And so let's, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer as we start. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the honor, God, to speak your word, but I also come, Lord, asking for your power and your strength and your words to, um, to speak through me, God. Lord, um, this message is not mine. It is yours. I am simply just the vessel to, to bring it to your people, God. And so I pray that you would open our hearts today, God, that you would prepare us to receive the word, God, and to experience the freedom of the, the gracious love of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. All right. So, I wanna start by asking you guys, have you ever had an injury that still hurts today? So yeah, thank you for for those who are participating. You can participate, all right? Um, So about 18 years ago, I was thinking about it. When I was in my young 20s, I was out um, on a tour and we wanted to go for a swim after hours. So we decided it'd be a great idea to climb over the fence of a hotel Um, or not a hotel, but a uh, condo, and jump into their area and go swimming in their pool. Well, when I jumped down and I hit the cement, um, I did something to my foot, to my left foot. It definitely hurt. I felt it right away, and so so times went on, and it hurt, but over time, it, it got better. Well, about four or five years after that, I was really into running. I was an avid runner, and I would do all these races. And so I was training for a race that I was going to do over the Brooklyn Bridge. And as I was, whoo, yep, New York. Uh, So as I was uh, jogging the night before, just to kind of like, you know, loosen up, the muscles and the ligaments that hold up the arch in my foot gave out. And let me tell you, it took me about two hours to limp um, about... 15 minutes away from my house. It was like very, very painful, uh, and so that put me out. And you know, I, I just said, okay, I guess I'm just not going to race for a while. And so I, I sat on the sidelines. And over time, my foot got better. I just went back to it. Well, fast forward to this year. Back in January, uh, I, as a teacher, I love to just always like have fun with my students, especially at recess. We've all been cooped up all day. It's time to have fun. And so I was having some fun at recess with some of my students and. I went to, a, to avoid knocking into a student, and I sprained my ankle. And it was a severe sprain. And once again, I was like, well, I, I guess I'll just kind of rest it. Well, nine weeks went by, and I was still on crutches. And so I finally said to myself, you know what? This still hurts. This injury still hurts. I need to go get a second opinion. I need to go maybe to physical therapy. Uh, and so that's what I did. And so for the next two or three months, I was doing physical therapy to strengthen up my ankle again. And it's better today, by the grace of God, and I thank a lot of you who have prayed for me when I was in that situation. Uh, But you know, even though it's better and I'm healed, there's still some things that hurt. I can't go out and start playing basketball. I can't go sprinting. I can go for light jogs, but I can't go sprinting just yet. I've just started to get back on the trampoline a little bit, a little hesitant. But, you know, it still hurts. So have you ever been hurt in the past and it still hurts? Now I'm not talking about a bruise, I'm not talking about bones or muscles or ligaments. I'm talking about that hurt that leaves that impression of a deep emotional, spiritual hurt. So has someone wronged you in your past? Has someone lied to you one too many times? Have you been insulted, frustrated, abused? Well, today we're going to talk about a topic of forgiveness. And that's, I just heard, oh, my goodness, why did I come to church today? I knew I should have gone to the beach instead. Um, But I want to start with reading uh, from the book of Ephesians, and it should be up there. Ephesians four thirty one and thirty-two, and this is the Passion translation, it says, Lay aside better words, temper tantrums, revenge, profanity, and insults, but instead be kind and affectionate toward one another. Has God graciously forgiven you, then graciously forgive one another in the depths of Christ's love. So you may be saying to yourself, This guy he doesn't know my hurts. You don't know my circumstances, and you're going to tell me I'm going to have to forgive. I get it. It's, it's the forgiveness sermon. And the thing is, you don't even know what kind of wounds I have. But my hope today is not to invalidate what you've been through or what has been done to you, or how badly you've been hurt, or how badly it still hurts, or to even assume that I understand everything that you have experienced and carried for. God knows how long. But instead, my hope for us today is to begin to understand that sometimes we have to go through the difficult and sometimes painful process of forgiveness if we want to experience freedom from our suffering. And so I've, I've broken this down into five teaching points to look at what forgiveness is and what it looks like. And I know five is a lot. I know we're used to three, but I heard you guys worshiping today, so I know that you can handle this. And it's the end of the summer, right? We've kind of, we're getting ready to get back into it. So the first step today is acknowledge the hurt. So if we're going to be able to experience forgiveness, if we're going to be able to give for- forgiveness, we need to first acknowledge the fact that we have been hurt. And so many times we just, we are hurt and we easily just put aside, it's not a big deal, Whatever whatever, I I don't have, it's not a big deal. But deep down, there's those deep hurts. Um, This is dangerous. And it's dangerous because when we pretend that the hurt never happened, or we minimize how bad it is, what we're simply doing is putting a Band-Aid on a gunshot wound. We're just covering up, but we're not dealing with the real pain and the real serious implications of our pain that's there. Um, when um, my wife and I first started coming here uh, about two years ago, uh, the groups were just starting up, and we joined a group called The Way of the Bright, and here's going to be a little shameless plug that groups are going to be starting up again, and so if you're new to Bright City, I highly recommend checking out The Way of the Bright, which kind of gives you a little bit of the pillars of our church, but one of the uh, weeks that we were there, we were talking about words and how words could be hurtful. And when I went through that process, it was an eye-opener. It was a game-changer for me. Because I had realized that in my past, people had said words to me, words of, well, you're not good enough, that I just like, all right, well, whatever. And for the next 20 years, I was carrying around these words. And even though I would say to myself, it doesn't hurt, in the back of my mind, it did. And in my heart, it did. And I didn't even really realize it. And the biggest eye-opener for me was the fact that I had realized that because I had been told I wasn't good enough, I was always setting such a high standard for myself to be good enough. I realized that there was a lot of fear wrapped around in the decisions I would make because I didn't want to do something for the fear of being told I wasn't good enough. And the thing that really struck my heart was I have two kids, um, an eight-year-old and a four-year-old, and I had realized that the words and the pressure that I was putting on my eight-year-old daughter was because I never wanted her to hear that she wasn't good enough. But in fact, my words were communicating to her that she wasn't good enough. Because I would tell her, you got to clean this room. Why can't you, like, focus? Come on, you got to be better. You're eight years old now. you got to be able to do these things. And what I was telling her was who you are is not good enough. And that was such an eye-opener for me because I realized because I never acknowledged the hurt that I had experienced, rather than healing from it and learning from it, I just projected that hurt onto someone else who I cared about. And that's why it's so important to first acknowledge the hurt that we go through. Um, Emilio, two weeks ago, talked about uh, my life verse, my favorite verse in the Bible, which is John sixteen thirty three, Which is, in, I have told you these things to bring you peace, that in this world you will have troubles, but to take heart, for I have overcome the world. So if we're following the promise of what God has told us, he has told us that we are going to experience pain there are going to be times in our life that hurt. And so we can't be ashamed of it. We can't allow the guilt and the fear to rob us of that. We need to step into that realization that yes, we're going to be hurt at times, and we have to verbalize it. We need to bring it to God rather than hiding and dismissing it. A second step towards true forgiveness and and therefore true freedom is to the idea that forgiveness is not a scorecard. Okay, I'm going to say that again. Forgiveness is not a scorecard. Um, so, like, what we typically do is we say, all right, I'll forgive them. But, but, there can't be any buts in forgiveness. We can't say, I, forgi- I forgive you, but you better be certain that next time... We're going out, like, I'm getting the, I'm getting the shrimp and the uh, filet mignon, right? You're, you're going to take care of me because, you know, of what you did to me. It's almost like a, well, you did this, now I get this. That's not what forgiveness is. Romans chapter 12, verses 17 through 19 says, Never pay back evil with more evil. Do things in such a way that everyone can see that you are honorable, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. So, again, it's not a, a scorecard. And I know this can become very difficult when you're in relationships. Right? Well, you hurt me. So... Now I can do something. I can get away with something. Again, there is no buts in forgiveness. Um, Second, a third step. See, we're flying through these. Are you guys with me? Are you still with me? All right, so just as a recap, we have acknowledge the hurt. Two, forgiveness is not a scorecard. Three, aim for reconciliation. And this is a hard one, and I understand that. So I think before I can start to talk about aiming for reconciliation. We need to talk about what forgiveness is versus what forgiveness is not. So forgiveness is freedom. When we forgive, we are allowing ourselves to be free from the hurt and the pain. What freedom is not, and we can put that slide up, I think it should be there, freedom is not justifying the wrongs that happen to us. It's not justifying someone's sin, right? If someone, um, especially when we talk about things like abuse, if someone is abusing you, when you forgive them, that does not mean that their abuse is okay. Forgiveness is not negating the natural consequences, right? So forgiveness is not a get-out-of-jail-free card, right? It's not monopoly, all right? um, So when you forgive someone, it doesn't mean that, hey, they don't need to pay for things that they have done. And I don't mean pay like revenge. I just mean like there's natural consequences that come along with some of those things. Forgiveness does not mean that you automatically give trust. Okay? Two different things. And I think a lot of times people get these two things mixed up. Well, if I forgive them, that means that I need to trust them. And just everything goes back to the way it was. That's not what forgiveness is. And forgiveness does not guarantee reconciliation. And I know you might be saying to yourself, but but you just said, aim for reconciliation. Yes, we want to aim for it. Again, in, in Romans chapter 12, it said, do all that you can to live in peace with everyone. God's not telling us, hey, If someone does something horrible to you, you automatically have to just live in peace again. He says aim to live in peace. So forgiveness doesn't mean forget. Forgiveness does not mean condoning. And it doesn't mean trust. But to our best abilities, we should aim to have reconciliation with those that have hurt us. God cares more about our spirits and our hearts than Then our sacrifice as well. Matthew chapter 5 says, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifices to God. So God's intent for us is to be reconciled with people. But, you know, that might take months. That might take years. But that's what God wants us to be working towards. But that doesn't mean it's an automatic thing. Doesn't mean that trust can never be given again. But it means that we should be striving to reconcile with those who have hurt us. A fourth teaching point towards forgiveness. Again, we have acknowledged the hurt. Forgiveness is not a scorecard. Aim for reconciliation. The fourth one is pray. Pray for those that hurt you. Now I know what you mean, but I don't mean, dear God. They uh, cheated on me, so I pray, God, that they will never find love ever again. I don't mean, God, I pray that they go to that sushi restaurant and get food poisoning and they are in pain or, you know, like the, uh, dear God. Well, you know what I mean. You You know what it is, God, right? That's not what I mean by pray for them. What I mean by pray for them is what... Uh, Jesus says later on in in Matthew 5, but I say love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So this doesn't mean that you pray for them to get theirs or that karma um, finds its way to them, but that God will soften their hearts to a place of repentance. And so we want to be praying for those who have hurt us, but also... We need to be praying for ourselves. We need to be praying for divine strength. And pretty much what it says in the book of Isaiah is that we need to get God involved. We were not created. We are not meant to carry this burden of forgiveness alone. But God, through his spirit, through his gracious forgiveness for us, Shows us and gives us the strength to be able to forgive others. And I get it that there might be situations you might be saying to yourself, I don't get it. I don't see how that's possible. This person did too much hurt for me to be able to do that. Well, I want to share a story. It's probably one of the most profound moments of my teaching career. Uh, I was working in a uh, high school in Brooklyn, New York, and um, it was a the first year I was there was so rough, and I had said, God, why do you have me? Like, I would be driving home in tears, literally crying out to God, why do you have me at this school? It's, I'm miserable. Uh, I'm not good. But I tried to get another job, couldn't get another job, stayed at that school that next year. And one day I was sitting, um, it was my lunchtime, I was sitting in my room, and I saw a student walk by who I had the previous year. I said, hey, why are you in the hallway? Why are you not at, uh, in class? She said, well, I'm waiting for the, uh, the social worker. I said, okay. I said, everything all right? And she's like, yeah, I gotta talk. I'm talking to them um, about getting my little sister, um, for my grandmother to have custody of my little sister like she does for me. I said, well, what's going on? And so she went on to tell me that um, her father was abusing her in a way that I'm not going to repeat but if you can imagine the worst way a parent could abuse their, their child, that's what was happening. And the mother knew about it, but n- did nothing about it. And you know, at that moment as a teacher, you know, my mom was like, oh man, I wasn't, I don't think I was ready for this, you know? Um, and I just felt God say, ask this question. So I said, do you think you could ever, and she said, shut your mouth, Mr. Sabara, She said, don't you dare ask me if I can forgive them because it's not happening. And that really stopped me in my tracks. The fact that she knew exactly what I was about to ask her. And um, I had to take that breath. (laughs) All right, Jesus, what do you need me to do to say to the student right now? So I said, you know what? You're absolutely right. There's no way you could forgive them, nor would I even ask you to forgive them because you can't forgive them on your own. But I know someone who can give you the strength to forgive your parents. And I went on to tell her my testimony and how my situation's not like hers at all, but how there were things I felt like I was never going to be able to overcome or do until Jesus stepped into my life. And I said, and she said, I just don't see how that's possible. And I said, well, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to pray for you every single day that God will do something in your heart. She said, okay, okay. And she left at that moment. And let me tell you, at least two, three times a week when I pass that student in the halls, are you still praying for me, Mr. Sabara? I'm still praying for you. Still praying for you. Fast forward to towards the end of the school year. She came back to my room. And she said you never stopped praying for me, did you? I said, no. She said, I did it. I forgave them. Um, And it was just such a powerful, powerful moment. And it made the whole reason why I was there make sense. And so when I say that the power of prayer can do amazing things, I mean it even the things that we might say to ourselves we can't I don't see how it's possible it's possible if we don't stop ceasing to pray when there is hurt and unforgiveness our hearts are hardened and it's kind of like a garden I'm not sure if any of you are gardeners or not but seeds can take root and thrive on a hard ground and Sometimes when you have that tough soil on the top, you need to dig into it. So as we pray for those who have heard us and we pray for strength from God, he begins to till away at that hard soil. He begins to till away at the hardness of people's hearts until our hearts can finally be softened. And then those seeds can begin to take root and grow into something beautiful. So we acknowledge the hurt, forgiveness is not a scorecard, aim for reconciliation, and we pray for those who have hurt us and we pray for strength for ourselves. And there's one more. (laughs) We understand the fact that we, that you, are forgiven. And this hits me the most because the truth is sometimes we have to admit that we may be at the center of the conflict. And sometimes, the person we need to forgive the most is ourselves. And for me, this is kind of what I struggle with with forgiveness sometimes, is when I say those harsh words to my kids. I'm not the perfect dad. I'm not the perfect husband. I'm not the perfect speaker. I'm not the perfect teacher. And so when I mess up, the enemy has a way of putting on the guilt and the shame to tell me I don't deserve forgiveness. But I have to come to this realization that I am worth for the forgiveness, that I am forgiven. And sometimes for us, that can be the hardest thing. Maybe we've made a mistake. Maybe we have said things that we regret. Maybe we did something that damaged a relationship. Maybe we did a sin that we felt like, oh, that's way too far. And I'm not going to go into my testimony, but I was definitely there at one point where I felt like I've done too much. We are forgiven. We can let go of the shame and the guilt, and we can forgive ourselves for things we might have done because of the kindness and compassion of God and that what he has for us in and through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. All who are in Jesus are freed from condemnation, says Romans 8, one, And we are freed to love, according to Galatians 5.13. And we are meant to display the mercies of God as sinners forgiven, as it says in 1 Timothy. You see, we have the ability to forgive others and to walk in the freedom that we are forgiven because Christ first forgave us. In our rebellion, he went to that cross for our sins. He went to the cross as a symbol of forgiveness for us. And because of that, we have the ability to forgive others, walk in forgiveness, and be freed from the pain that might still hurt us. So, when I was young, in my young 20s, I was reckless. And I climbed over a fence I shouldn't have and I jumped down eight feet onto a cement block barefoot. It was stupid. But you know what, as young people, sometimes we can also be reckless with our words. We can be reckless with our relationships. We can be reckless with our actions. And then we get a little bit older. And as I got a little bit older, I became a little bit more prideful. And we say, ah, it's not a big deal. It'll heal. I don't need to see a doctor. I'm fine. I got more bones. I'm strong. In the same way, as we get older sometimes, that pride can set in. And we can say, ah, it wasn't a big deal. Whatever they said to me, it's not a big deal. Or, "I, I don't need them to be a friend anymore. I've got enough friends forget them, or maybe, oh, well, I'm never going to see them again, so it's not a big deal that I did something dishonest. And then we get to a point, like me, there was no more denying the fact that I needed to go see a doctor. I needed to go through some physical therapy. Because we get to a point in our lives where... We have put off all the hurt so much, and we have not dealt with it. We haven't gone through the practice and the process of humbling ourselves before God to admit our our faults. But we also haven't gone through the practice of forgiving others all our lives. So we keep pushing everything off to the side. We keep pushing things away, but we get to a certain point in our lives that what ends up being torn apart is us. And now it's not a matter of, I need to forgive this one person. But now I need to kind of go back. I need to start forgiving those who hurt me 10 years ago, five years ago, last week, this morning on the way in to church. I need to start going through this process. And it's so much harder because we have been putting it off and we haven't been practicing the idea of forgiveness. So bitterness fills our hearts. And it hurts. But we gotta start. We've got to start somewhere. For me, with my foot, it was the ripe age of 42. There was no more running. I physically couldn't run. There was no more denying the fact that I had gone to a place where I couldn't do this on my own. And when it comes to forgiveness, we get to a certain point that we need to admit that we need God to help us forgive we need to get to a point where we realize we need to forgive those because the only person it's hurting is us. Yes, hurt and pain is a part of life on this side of eternity. And some of us have some real deep wounds, no doubt. But God did not intend for us to live a life wounded. Yes, there's scars that come along with the pain, and there's scars that come along with our wounds. But guess what? Jesus had scar too. He has scars too. That night in the uh, upper room, when Thomas said, I can't believe until I see it, he showed him his scars. But he was no longer a wounded Savior, but a resurrected Savior. And it's okay, because scars have a story. They show that you have been through something, but they also show that you've experienced and gone through a process of healing. And so Bright City, I want us to come to this place today, not to invalidate the hurt that you've experienced, but to experience the process of healing and of freedom. The way we live a life That's free. is isn't just willing ourselves to do these things. It's not having these five steps and checking them off. But it's when we go through these steps because we acknowledge that we have been forgiven. And because Jesus came and died for the forgiveness of our sins on that cross. We get to finally put our burdens down. And know that we are forgiven. And we get to extend grace and forgiveness to those who have hurt us. And we get to be the picture of God's love to them. See, that's what forgiveness is. It's freedom of the pain, but it's also our opportunity to show the love of Jesus to those who may not know it. And so before I pray, I just want to encourage you today as we're going to lead into response time. Ask God today, who are the people I need to forgive? Do I need to go and ask for forgiveness? Do I need to ask God for forgiveness? My hope is that we can be vulnerable in our weaknesses. Because as Paul said, when we are weak, then we are strong because of the strength and the power of an almighty God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Jesus, our brother in Christ, we love you. We thank you, God, that you have allowed us to be forgiven, God. And I pray now, God, that as we come to a moment of reflection, I pray, God, that we would be able to forgive those who have hurt us, God, and truly forgive, God, without wanting a scorecard or revenge, God, but to come to a place of freedom, a place where we can allow your power to outshine our hurt. And I pray, God, that those who are dealing with pain that is very deep, God, and those who feel wounded and are in a place, God, where they feel like they are lost and they don't have the strength to go on, Lord, that you would, God, be their strength, that you, God, would be the words that they need, that you, God, would be the reminder, Lord, that you went to the cross for them, and that you are with them, God. Give us grace, continue grace upon grace upon grace for when we mess up, God, but allow us to extend grace upon grace upon grace for those who have hurt us. In Jesus' name, Amen.
0: Thanks for listening into Bright City. If this was encouraging, we'd love for you to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you're an owner at Bright City, you can give online at brightcity.church or on Venmo to Bright City. Before you go, we'd love to speak this benediction from Matthew 5 over you. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. In the same way, Let your light shine before others so they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We love you, Bright City.